At what point in life do you define who you are? Is it defined by you? Is it defined by your family of origin? Is it defined by the community in which you live? Who decides? And at what point in your life do you add to who you've defined yourself to be? Or do you release and let go of some of those identities? Who I am is Valerie Hope. I'm your host. And this is your time to come alive, the weekly podcast where we become more conscious, more connected, and creative. Each week I have a beautiful opportunity to speak to wonderful souls in this world to, to help bring us together, and today is no exception. I want to make sure, first of all, if you're not already subscribed, to go to timetocomealive.com to be sure to receive every single episode in your inbox. Or you can also subscribe to us on YouTube. Feel free to do any of those things right now. But today you're going to really enjoy this conversation. I want to introduce you to my friend Lindsay. It's a new friend. Lindsay and I have been, my gosh, acquainted three weeks. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, yeah, a whole three weeks, Lindsay. And I, I got to tell you, and I, I don't know if I shared this with you before, but you know, we met because you were going through the, the University of California at Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute, which I went through several years ago. And I happened to be part of the coaching staff for some of the exercises that you guys did. Well, as they were getting us connected with who was going to be practicing their coaching skills on us, because we were there to be recipients of coaching and be, then be able to give you feedback, someone sent me a private message and said, Valerie, we're going to be partnering you with Lindsay. Please make sure that you add your pronouns to your, to your name because Lindsay goes by they, them. And I was like, okay, got it. I've never had to do that before. <laughs> well, the pronoun piece I've been exposed to before, but never with such intentionality. And and Lindsay, first of all, you did a great job as my coach, by the way. I, I got a really nice breakthrough out of that conversation. But I think even beyond the conversation we had, it really just kind of planted a seed in my mind about how I interact with my pronouns or how I interact with others. And I think you are, you are actually the first person that I've actually had a conversation with, a meaningful one at that, around they, them, and that experience. So that's one of the reasons I decided, hey, I want to talk to Lindsay on the show. So thank you so much for saying yes. Welcome to Time to Come Alive. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was such a great thing through that program that everybody made such a conscious effort to, like, from the get-go, there was a drop-down menu as you're submitting like application details, and you know, uh, I guess like he, he, do you go by he? Do you go by she? Was on there, and um, you know, when I introduced myself, they by the next day had added they as an option, and then like a option to like define yourself because people, you know, use other pronouns. Um, you know, there's not just three pronouns. There are a great many. So I was just like so moved by the program to just be like, you know what, there was a gap and we fixed it. There we go. Um, and then meeting people who like embraced it and made it such a comfortable experience. That's wonderful. Yeah. Hey, Berkeley. It's one of the I reasons know. I love my Berkeley folks. <laughs> my yeah. Berkeley peeps. We definitely are, uh, I would say, conscious of and open to and really want to make sure that we embrace and welcome. So thank you so much for, for being so gracious too, because I think, and I don't know if it came through in my conversation with you when we first met, but I was really self-conscious about I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to be careful about how I refer to Lindsay. And I kept using your name because I was just like, I don't want to say, did I say they, did I say them? Yeah. Um, anyhow, it was, it was a little bit of a challenge for me because I hadn't really used that part of my brain. I hadn't been that aware. It is a muscle. It is absolutely a muscle that I'm still learning to kind of get myself. Like I, I have friends that have gone by they for many years and for them, I will, it just comes easily. And then for myself, it's been something that I've been doing more and more since last year and the year before that kind of like with two friends only. And then last year, like I told more people and gave them options 
And then this summer was finally, I was just like, I just, I just want this one thing. Can I just claim this one thing? So it's definitely a, a muscle that you just kind of have to practice till it becomes comfortable on the tongue. Well, this is pretty hot off the presses then. So it's only been a year and change. Okay, so yeah. let's, let's peel this back for, for, for folks. Let's start at the very beginning. Or no, actually, let's not start at the beginning. Let's start with the most recent, and then we'll work our way backwards. I think that'll make it more interesting. Yeah, it'll be easier. <laughs> so what was it about this summer in particular that had you decide that this is what you, this was your great ask of the people around you? Yeah, so time capsule this. Um, we're all quarantined in our homes, and um, I went on furlough for a month, and it was one of those things where you have a break from what you're doing. I've been with the same company for nine years and you know love it busy suddenly I have a month of my life and instead of sitting down and being like who am I what do I want to do do I want to relax let's watch the Netflix I like within 24 hours had applied to the coaching program um, because a friend had told me that it was life-changing for them and I just wanted to do something new I wanted to learn something new and it was that program that made me realize that as I was telling these completely new people in my life who I am and not giving a second option, what would happen if I told the people who already knew me that the other option was removed, that using you know, female pronouns was no longer part of how I wanted to be called because the more everybody was using they, them, the more I realized it just, it felt good, it felt right, and that they did not see it as a burden of me asking like, hey, I know you're really used to me using other pronouns and I know that it's work but would you mind changing this? Because it's not, I'm, I don't, I consider myself genderqueer, um, which is kind of like, it's like a, a gradient of non-binary where it's, there are times where I still like throw on a really floofy dress and I feel like an empowered woman. And then there are other times where I'm like, woman is a weird word today. Woman is, I'm just a person. I'm just, I'm just me. I'm a, I'm a magical being. I'm just not, like female feels so weird today. And it's, and it's just, you know, it doesn't have to be pinned down and they always fits. She only sometimes fits. So I kind of was like, can I ask people to take that away? Can I ask them to put in this effort? Cause there will be days where it just hits me wrong. Um, and so it, coaching Institute, everybody that I coached with when I brought this topic up was, you know, search inside yourself. What do you, what do you find there? And what I found was like, I guess it's okay for me to take up space. Like, I guess, that is okay. <laughs> yes, take yeah. up space. There, there's, there's quite a bit that I want to unpack there, but let's start with, with this one piece because I think that would be really helpful for those who are listening. You said that there, the, the feeling or the sensation that you have that something fits or something doesn't. Can you paint a picture of what that is like for you? What, yep. what comes up? So um, for me, I describe it as like a dissonance in your mind. Um, and like for, for other people, and I'm just going to put the blank statement, like everybody's experience is different. I, even among my friends that all identify as non-binary, most of us have completely, either completely different experiences, slight overlaps. It's, you know, exactly how you feel is kind of unique to you, but there's still some things that are common. And so um, I don't, I've not actually like read into like, technical sides of things, but I've heard it referred to as dysphoria. Um, I know, you know, I would say that that's probably what I'm experiencing when I look in the mirror in the morning and I'm just like, something isn't right here and I have to like, you know, change what I'm wearing until I feel better inside of my skin. Um, and that, it, and it's one of those things where I think I struggled the most coming to this place of claiming they, them was, it's not all the time. I'm not going to a different side of a spectrum. I'm somewhere in the middle and then I'm kind of moving back to where I started and I'm somewhere in the middle and it goes from day to day. Um, it's, it, for me, it's dissonance because it feels like something's rubbing wrong. It feels like when you've you know, put on something that's too tight, that's too constricting, it feels like that bit where you can't you know, catch your breath slightly which also is like that little bit of anxiety, like just some days, just something visual or something that someone says. Um, I was in an airport once and someone, um, very nice older man was just kind of talking to me. And it was great because he, you know, it wasn't creepy. It was just friendly. We were delayed on planes as always. 
And at the end of the conversation, he said, it was nice talking to you, son. And I was like, what? Where did that come from? And I was like, son is better than ma'am <laughs> on the scale, but it still felt really weird. Like if I had to choose of the words that scrape really wrong, I was like, this is weird, but not as bad as. So son was, was weird. Son but was weird, but not terrible. Ma'am is awful. It's absolutely awful. I love when I talk to, you know, friends, like what words, like what gendered words work for you? What rub you the wrong way? Um, I had somebody who they were like, they were saying like, um, Lord and lady at some kind of Ren Faire setting. And they're like, I just go by your majesty. Let's take the Lord and lady off of it. Oh my gosh. I should go by your majesty. Too. <laughs> your majesty is an awesome term that everybody should claim. Everybody real. Your majesty. Yeah. Okay, so so let me ask you this. So clearly, in that moment, you you understood that the, that's that term that ma'am would have been like the wrong thing to say. Yeah. But what are the terms that you embrace readily, and you know, yeah, what what would yeah. work for you? Um. So, work in progress. Um. It's kind of one of those things. So I use they them now. Uh -huh. um, I will still slip up and use she and her when talking about myself in the past tense. And I honestly don't know at this point in my life whether in 10 years from now, I'll use both or whether by starting to use it full time, I will realize that this is, this is everything. Like this encompasses everything. It's really hard not being able to tell the difference between what's inside of you and what you've been conditioned to think. Um, and for me, I'm like, this is always right, but there's that conditioning, that muscle memory of talking, um, and you know, what was in the past. Um, I have not switched to mix, um, MX, uh, that is something that doesn't quite fit for me. So between Mr. and Ms, I probably would just at this point in time, if I have to fill out a piece of paper, I would probably still put Ms on there or just hope that we don't have to use it whatsoever. Um, yeah, uh, I think instead of ma'am, sir would be better. <laughs> it would just be better, um, for some reason. Um, and then actually I had a really hilarious moment. Um, I went to Comic-Con a couple years ago and I dressed as Shiro from Voltron, um, very casually, little number one space dad shirt on it. And it was just such a cute, um, occasion because there were all of these, like, you know, kids through adults dressed as these characters and every time they saw me they kept shouting oh my god space dad and it because the shirt said number one space dad on it and so like this is just something about the character that like all of the, he takes care of the other characters and they see him as the dad of the group okay. and i had this like moment like thinking back of like when i used to do a lot of theater and like or like people would say like someone's the mom of the group because they take care of people and um i have another friend who like in their theater um, she goes by the dad of the group because just the gendered mom of the group didn't fit her. Um, and I was like, after spending a whole day with all of these like people just be like space dad. I was like, yeah, no, if I was back in that situation again, like where it's of taking care of somebody in a group, I'd be like, no, we're going to go by dad. Cause mom does not fit me. Like I've never had a maternal instinct, but when I think about it, I'm like, it's not paternal. It's just the term. Like, works for me there's something about that blanket term and i guess like i don't know the way you the way you think about taking care of other people it's mm -hmm. very strange because like it shouldn't be gendered it should just be like caretaker or something like that like we don't have a word for like person who takes care of me we gender it and i you know and it's very interesting um getting into conversations now as i've met more non-binary people um of you know what terms do you use because not everybody feels comfortable picking something from one of the two lanes. Mm. Like there's a lot of other terms that are new to me. Um, oh God, I think um, Nanti was one of them recently for aunt, but it was a little bit more neutral. And I, and I was just like, I've never heard it before, but honestly, whatever, whatever works for the person, I just try to ask them like, you know, what, what is it you would like to be referred to as? And then I just work it into my vocabulary. That, it seems like such a process, Lindsay. Oh, my <laughs> there's gosh, There's so yes. much in just, in just the five minutes we've been talking. It's like there's so many decisions. There's so many oh. decisions you have to make. Yeah. 
and and mostly for me where it's just such a sliding scale of feelings like i'm i in in all of my identity the big thing is that i've just never felt static and growing up it was like before i ever got to thinking about gender i tied it all to sexuality because people would be like oh if you're more of a tomboy you know maybe you're a lesbian which is bs um like if you like this if you like that if you present this way and I realized that I didn't care about gender when it came to who I had feelings for, but it didn't dawn on me that I didn't care about gender in who I was either. Cause I didn't even know that existed. I thought that you had to be this or that. Um, if you were, there was no middle, there was no, you know, you can, it was like, you can be a man or a woman, or you can be somebody who loves to wear plaid. Like this is your options. And it's like, ah, uh, there's something else out there. Apparently, I just didn't know the words. That's that is that's quite profound that you said, right? So, so an attraction to the gender didn't matter to you, but it also didn't matter your gender either. Yeah. Like, all of those just kind of mixed. And I totally feel what you're saying about being tomboy. I grew up with three brothers, definitely tomboy. And I think for me, and I shared this in another episode when I was a child there was, we used to have a nanny that stayed with us and she was raped in our home. And I'm saying this very casually, but there's, yeah. th there's a whole thing. And, and a part of it, there were, there were young men, like high school age or whatever, teenagers who did it, um, who would be like the whistling kind at the corner and you know, that kind of thing. So I always had it in my head that if men saw my shape, that I would be a victim. I could be a victim of, yeah. of that kind of, of harassment or abuse. And so for me, dressing in baggy shirts and mm -hmm. jeans, anything that didn't show my shape was like the thing to do on like well past college, I would say into like my mid twenties. Uh, but yeah, never a lesbian, but just really, really embodying a, a very shape neutral yeah. <laughs> existence, primarily because of that, that particular experience. I feel you so hard on that. I feel yeah. like that is like one of the things like especially like teen years up through getting older, um, I oftentimes wondered if the way I was presenting myself was also in part because of how much harassment I got when my hair was longer or if I wore something more form-fitting and shapely. Um, and now I've come to realize that I could be wearing a tie, all clothing bought in a men's department, a binder, and people will still comment um, in like not comfortable ways. So. It doesn't really matter <laughs> outside. Creeps Some people just don't know boundaries. <laughs> creepy is creepy, right? Creepy, exactly. Like, and it's proof. It is not how you dress. It is if you want to wear a really beautiful flowy skirt, um, if you want to like put on a fashionable corset, all is fine because the person who's responsible for not catcalling you is the person catcalling you. Uh -huh. <laughs> fascinating. Oh, I, I want to oh. go back to something you said earlier you were talking about this differentiating between what's inside and what's conditioned so i want to go back to that i want you to tell us a little bit more about that like what have you been discovering that is truly inside it sounds like so much now is has been neutralized if you will but yeah what what are you noticing that is conditioned for you and and talk about how you discovered it yeah i'd say so a lot of the stuff that i kept coming up against was in the beginning, like, especially when I was younger, um, straight up just thought that there was no third lane, other lanes than male, female, like one or the other, that's all you can be. And I had a ton of thoughts around, like when people talked about like stereotypical male behavior, like in relationships, for example, um, you know, the way that I demonstrated romance kept falling into what people expected men to do. Like I, I wasn't the one crying over my feelings as much as like the person that I was dating potentially when we broke up was crying in the hallway. And I was just like, ah, ah. Um, and I just All remember right. being like, everyone always blames guys on being the heartless one on being like the non-emotional one. And like, every gentleman I had ever dated was the one that was a little bit more emotional. Um, like I have strong emotions, but it wasn't tied to that. Like it was more so tied to like being really tired or like being, you know, 
wowed by something artistic or something in life that's really difficult. But when it came to like the teenage like angst and stuff like that, it was just like, meh, um, <laughs> You're so articulate. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this? Why are these feelings? Um, other than hormones, I don't get it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it definitely, it was like, why do I keep being like, oh man, you're in like, and of course there's always those stereotypes of women being passive, women being too emotional, you know, when you are assertive or you are, you put yourself out there in a leadership role, or you just put yourself out there just like to kind of, you know, get the ball rolling and stuff, you step up. It was kind of like, I remember very strongly younger having people say to me um, that it wasn't a female thing, that it was a feminist thing. Like by being a strong female, you became a feminist, which they're like, <laughs> which also stops the part where it's like, so like, can't technically anybody be a feminist, number one. Um, and like, why do you have to, I don't know, like, make that differentiation? Why can't you just be somebody who is strong? Mm -hmm. Why is there gender here altogether in general? Um, and it was really weird trying to strip away like the, like, I claimed my power as a woman. So if I give up the word woman, what is that power? Like, what is that feminine energy? What is that like, sinking into your emotions and being willing to be vulnerable, willing to be open, caring for people, all of these like very like soft feminine words. If I'm not female, then what, what is it about these words? So it definitely like now I keep running into that of just like, if I embody these aspects, do I give up you know, like, can I, can I be this without us putting female or woman on it? And also like, it's kind of hard to give something that you have to fight for away too. Um, it's hard to give up something you have to fight for away. Yeah, being okay with being a woman and being in a room and talking, yeah. you know, being okay with being the only girl in a film class. Now I could possibly be the only non-binary person in a film class. So there's that. But like at the same time, I remember most of my film classes, there were two female people there. And I guess secretly it was one female, one non-binary person the whole time. Um, but like, I just, I felt so outnumbered um, throughout that time period. And fighting to be the representation for that group of people for so long. And I guess now I can fight to be representation for another group of people, but like, I don't wanna give up that group of people that I fought for for so long because we were trying so hard to break into you know, the room to have our voices heard. And now I'm kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'm diluting it. Now, can both of our voices be heard? That would be awesome. Yeah. Or do we fight separately? Do we fight together? I don't know. But I guess the real problem is why are these voices not being heard? <laughs> that, that's really interesting. I, I, I want to see if I really got what you said, because what I heard is that in your I, I don't know another word to use in like neutral, right? In your neutral experience and gender your fluid experience of gender that it it's almost like there's you know our society if you will has very specific characteristics traits values assigned to a specific gender and so what i'm hearing you say is in this fluidity that you have does it mean that you have to give up those characteristic traits right of, of one gender versus and in order to favor the other or vice versa. And depending on the side that you feel like you're most connected to that day that fits best on you or that feels best on you, but does that then negate <laughs> the other, the other traits that, that we've kind of defined? Whoo. Yeah. And that's, and I think it, that's a big thing for me is for me, it is a fluidity. Like it's not just like a middle lane. Sure. Um, so it definitely, it's, it's very confusing to me as well. Um, and I am super curious just because I'm finally kind of letting myself sink into this. If in 10 years, it won't feel so confusing or if it will always feel like, this is weird. This is like, <laughs> why is life hard? Well, why can't you know, I just be? I think it's interesting to ask that question because 
and again, I my experience is very, very limited. So there's a lot of ignorance in the conversation I have in my head about this subject. But I think for me is over the last, I don't know, maybe five, 10 years or so that this conversation about, you know, gender or non-binary fluidity has been more and more prevalent, right? In social media is prevalent on, on, on you know, the mainstream, let's call it mainstream media, if you will. And I'm like, has, has it just started? <laughs> like, you're clearly <laughs> not 10 years old. So this has started well before then, I imagine for you. So what is it that's now making it so prevalent? Um, is, is there now, has there been some sort of, you know, rip in the, in the cloth or, you know, something crack the, the conversation? I, that's what I'm really curious about. Yeah. At one point, did you begin to experience this, the, the, that things were not fitting in the way that they were, quote unquote, designed to fit? So I think the big turning point, like I have a friend who I've known, oh gosh, like we're going to say 15 years. We're just going to go with that number for now. Um, and I remember like when I first met her, um, we had a long conversation about gender and just how we felt in the side of gender and she has native american background um and so for her she she said like we have a term two-spirit and this is part of my identity and so when it comes to gender like there is this other gender the two-spirit gender and i remember just remembering being like wow that is absolutely beautiful and i love that and I kind of wish that I could sink into that more, but also I'm not going to like appropriate someone else's culture. So like, what is the word for that outside of that? And I just remember being really affirmed that there was somebody else who had similar feelings to me, even though we, you know, we're coming at it from like different knowledge standpoints. And, I, and it, it planted the seed for me to be able to talk about it more, but I still like didn't drive into that lane for a while. Um, and then five or six years ago, I think I met another friend who, when they introduced themselves to me, they said, I am non-binary and I use they, them. And I said, what is this? This is the first time that I have heard this. Um, and then within the past five to six years, suddenly I have tons of friends that identify as non-binary. Like, it's like, I, I think it's a representation matters thing where like somebody said it out loud maybe there was a character in a book, a TV show, something like I've seen a, a spots of representation here and there. And like, until you hear the word or until you have the conversation, like I keep, I keep telling people, this has always been in my heart. I never had the words for it. Mm. It's just always been here, but the words were not there. And I think I said the words, is this an option? Like, I think that was my response. I was like, wait a second, this is an option. <laughs> Like, is this a thing? Can I go by that? <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it didn't fit exactly because my experience wasn't their experience. Yeah. And I met other people and, you know, their experiences were all different. And so what I really, over the past five to six years, come to terms with is like, it's a gradient and some people feel differently, but it's, it doesn't have to be exactly the same. It doesn't invalidate your experience and how you feel. You know, there's no one bucket like it's not a uniform you put on got it so lindsay what was happening before okay so this is five six years you started to like see and meet more people with the same you had similar experiences and the terminology then became kind of came alive for you but i want you to go like your earliest memory here yeah earliest memory you had a feeling this way feeling different feeling that the things that you were put that were put on you just didn't fit right what what's the earliest memory tell us about that i would say like definitely in high school and middle school there was a lot of general identity things um i i, I find it really interesting um how many books i read about magic and transformation um science fiction fantasy things when I was younger. Um, I really leaned into that genre. And uh, there is a book series that I read in elementary school actually, that um, it's the Animorph series. Um, the author Kay Applegate actually has a child that's transgender who after she wrote the books, you know, like this became part of their lives. And I'm so grateful for this author because 
it was all about um, these characters that had the ability to shapeshift into animals or into other people. And so they could change their forms. And I just remember longing so deeply to be able to shapeshift. I was like, if I could just not be this right now, if I could change it to something else, um, because I think the biggest thing was it wasn't my gender that wasn't fitting, it was my body. It was feeling trapped in some ways and then kind of expanding beyond that. Um, I, I definitely remember being like 10 years old and sitting in the backyard, like just looking out and being like, all right, I'm probably too old to believe that magic exists, but on the off chance, because I think kids might believe in Santa Claus, I don't know, we didn't do that when I grew up. Um, if magic existed, one of these animals might start talking to me at any moment and that'd be awesome. Um, and then maybe they could grant me the power to change my shape and then I could be other things. I could be other, you know, shapes of myself. Um, wow, what shapes came to mind? Definitely because of those books. And I feel like anybody who is listening to this that read those books is going to be like, hi, oh, yeah, yeah. Like you want to turn into like some kind of raptor of some kind at some point so you can fly free. That's a just raptor? like, uh, uh, like there was a hawk. Oh, and okay, the okay. way they described flying as a hawk, you're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, turning into house cat. But then I think also for me, like I, house cat, you want to be lazy and just curl up in some sun and have everybody leave you alone. <laughs> Absolutely. People uh, making no demands of your time. We give cats so much space. Predator and prey. Interesting. Know, right? okay. Yeah. Um, and then I think the big thing too was if I could change into other human shapes, like I could, I definitely had the thought of like, I could be the male version of myself or I could be somewhere in between, like not just hard male or female. So that thought was there. It's like, I don't have to be fully a guy i could just be like somewhere in between i remember just being like oh man this would be amazing for all that theater that you're like i had just started doing theater at the time i'm like why are like there's so many limited options because it's all of these princess roles it's all of the the mother the ingenue the sister the servant the supporting female role i'm like none of these characters are interesting none of these characters are just the person like there were some male roles that was just like it's just a protagonist um, and this all also mixed in like probably from that age as well as when I started to be like, I don't care if you're male, female, or later other. Um, I like people like it, it doesn't matter what you are. It matters who you are. And just being like, ha, huh, if I could be like, if I could be, um, a male character in a play, I could, I could be Romeo to Juliet instead of being like, oh, I'm not Juliet. That's that's so feminine. No. <laughs> that's wow. So, so for you it was really just being able to have the freedom to shift and change based yeah. on whatever emotion or whatever sensations yeah. kind of came up for you. What was the family response to, to those desires, to that dream that you had? Oh my goodness. So it's so funny. Cause I, so for my parents and I am, as, I, as, as we record this, I'm debating if I'm gonna send this as the conversation starter about like, I'd like to start using they, them. Cause I pretty, at this point, I've told work, I've told people outside of work and I just haven't had the conversation with my parents yet just because it's like a vocabulary lesson. Um, <laughs> and there's, you know, there's other things around it. Um, I am so open with them about most things. When I came out to my mother as bisexual, her response was, I know. And then also then saying to me, why didn't you ask this one person out to prom? Like she was always there with you. And I was like, mom, why didn't you tell me that that was an option? Like, why didn't you mention? I thought that she wouldn't want to go with me and that I wasn't allowed to, but like I would have in a heartbeat asked her. Um, so like my mom, always, always my greatest support. My dad will support me even if he doesn't understand completely and he owns up to it. Um, I think one of the things that stood out with me when I told my mother was she did say like, we don't have to tell your father yet, do we? Because there's this sense of privacy in my family that, you know, my parents are super introverted. So like, they don't like talking about private things with the rest of the family or with outside people. It's just this little shell, only kid. It's the three of us in a little, you know, pillar of, you know, they don't spread their feelings out further. Like they, I guess, like feel embarrassed or uncomfortable letting other people see too deeply inside of them. Mm. And 
as I get older, I'm like, I want to be the exact opposite of that. Like now I'm sharing this freely, um, randomly on the internet kind of thing. Because <laughs> I don't want to be that closed off. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, like mom, my mother saying, you know, do we have to tell your father when I later did tell my father about my sexuality to start with? Um, I very strongly remember him saying like, ah, I, I support you. I want you to be happy, whatever makes you happy. Also, I can't imagine for myself ever liking someone of the same sex. It's very weird, but like for you, and I'm like, you don't, you don't have to like understand it for yourself. You just have to be like, cool, we love you. And that's fine. And like, so I, I'm imagining having this conversation and then him like going to that mind palace and trying to put the pieces together. And I'm like, he'll, he'll get there. But like, it might be, it might be weird just for him to be like, what does this mean? And who knows, maybe because he watches so much Netflix while we're all in quarantine now, like maybe he already understands completely. For all I know he's like watched Pose. Like, I don't know what he's watching. Watch what? Um, Pose, uh, it is a show, I think it's just on Netflix, but it's, um, there's a lot of transgendered characters on that show. Got it. All right, so if he's exposed to that, then for him it'd be like- Yeah, maybe he's already like expanding his vocabulary oh, like day by day. Character? That would be a true. He's definitely asked me other questions. Like he watched an episode of CSI and, um, oh, well, this might be embarrassing for him if he does watch this. But like, I remember being in the car with my parents and there was a CSI episode that this topic was the topic. And he says to me as we're driving, Lindsay, can you explain to me what furries are? What, what is? What furries are. And for, for the sake of your host and- <laughs> okay. I'm a little bit like, oh, do I make you Google this later? It's pretty much just like people who like to- dress in animal costumes while engaging and I'm going to say romantic partnerships with each other or I think possibly just like dressing as animals to I don't know kind of tactile thing or what yeah I, I, I literally can't explain it because it's not my community and I'm probably doing a terrible okay. job and this is a no judgment <laughs> it's just I'm sorry I don't know furry. yeah um furry friendly it's a community I just you know uh so he asked your dad asked you this question. my dad asked me because he was because for him it was like this is an alternative lifestyle Lindsay knows what all alternative lifestyles are <laughs> i can only i never saw the episode so i don't know where the episode went where it was just people hanging out at a convention just like hanging out or if like it was based around romance like i have no idea i don't i don't watch crime shows so i'm just like dad i cannot explain to you every single alternative lifestyle out there all i can say to you is that as long as people are being safe and respectful of others if there's consent happening and no one's hurt it's like the basic principles of like as long as no one is hurt and we respect each other you do you it's fine wow. whatever you want but i look i don't know your parents and i don't know the kind of silence in which you grew up but, yeah. but it seems at least in that example the openness and curiosity that your father has is literally the opening for yeah all the questions that you're dealing with because yeah I, I, so yeah like, oh my goodness that's i think the hardest thing for me right now is something that i'm not processing um so my mother has alzheimer's and this is something in the last two years and like she's you know she's still with us it's just you know a little bit harder now and i do keep having these moments of like if i ask her to change my pronouns mm -hmm. is it going to be really difficult because normal conversation, normal memories are sometimes hard to get to now. Like just the word for an object is hard to remember. So I know it's a conversation I'm going to have, but it is unpacking that other part of our dynamics right now that, and I haven't, like that's uh, it's something that I haven't been dealing with wow. um, very much since we got the diagnosis. Um, I haven't internalized it. I haven't internalized what this is going to mean for the future in the short term and the long term. I'm just kind of like kind of handling um, and just knowing that it's so difficult seeing the small moments, like just the names of objects, the patients that's required just to let her get to a place where she remembers what we, what was done yesterday kind of thing, or she never gets there. Like there are things that are still sharp, but um, I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, even if I ask you to use they, them, you know, there's a large chance also eventually that's just going to go away, which I'll, we'll get there when we get there. Um, but it's definitely, I think, 
it is not my parents' reaction that's holding me back. It is just that because my mother was always my biggest advocate. She was always on my side. Like there was a day that I, before I even switched pronouns, um, I was wearing binders for like five, past five years or so. We went to a movie. I was wearing a binder and somebody who was working at the movie theater like noticed because they were also um, pre presenting, um, you know, very dapper. And they leaned forward and they said, trans dudes unite. And I was like, not accurate. Um, but yes, I'm wearing a binder and like, yes, fist bump, like I want to support you, but also now I have to have an awkward conversation with my mother. So like you kind of just outed me in a way because now my mom has definitely heard you say that. And it's like, what, what happened there? And I had to then explain to my mother like, hey, I'm not changing my pronouns right now. Like I'm definitely not transitioning to male, but I am definitely, you probably like, I'm pretty flat chested to begin with, but you might've noticed that sometimes when we hang out, I'm wearing something that completely compresses. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what's going on because gender is fluid and nebulous and, but don't worry about changing your pronouns. But that conversation happened when she was still like, you know, very sharp. Yeah. So You're like, you want some butter in the popcorn? Wow. Yeah. Like, and, and she just like shrugged, like she's, you know, yeah. super open-minded, always very, you know, civil rights, very active, mm -hmm. like her college experience. Like she's always just such an open person. She supported, she's a teacher. Um, and she like, my first friend that was an out lesbian was my mom's friend first. Cause it was one of my mom's students who my, my mother adored her. And so when I went to take your child to work day, she didn't like outright say, this is my favorite student, but she was just like, meet this person. And I was like, when you get to high school next year, we're going to be friends. <laughs> um, but it definitely like, I know, I know she's going to be super supportive. It's just that, you know, that pain point of just like, just worrying about changing vocabulary at this point in time. What, what impact do you think it would have if she didn't remember after you told her? I don't know. It's, I, I'm hopeful that I'll still be fine with it, that I'm not going to discover that my former pronouns are just completely uncomfortable once I get used to using they, them all the time. Like in the beginning, like for the first year, I was using both. Like I was using they, them with certain friends and I was using my former pronouns at work still with my family still. She, her was. Yeah. Um, and then um, at work last year, we actually, we did a discussion about gender. And at the discussion, I pretty much stood up in front of a ton of coworkers. And I said like, hey, you know, it was really cool. We did this exercise of going around the table and just introduce yourself and practice using your pronouns. Because something that makes it easier for other people is if you offer yours, because, you know, maybe you have lower stakes in the game, or maybe you just feel comfortable offering your pronouns. It makes it a little easier for somebody to struggle with. Oh, cool. These are my pronouns because you've already made it clear that the safe space for the topic of pronouns to even come up. And I just remember being like, oh yeah, this is not actually as clean cut as you think this exercise is going to be. Cause I turned to someone I'd known for nine years and I said, you've known me nine years and you've never known this about me. So here we go. I use this and that. And, um, and it's crazy because then, yeah, within nine months, I was like, actually, I'm just using they. I, I got back to work from furlough and I was like sent out an email to like 150 people and was just like, so folks, uh, I know a lot of you. I know a lot of you and you're awesome and supportive. And I feel safe saying this, but like, we just have to have a grammar lesson real quick and please use these new pronouns um, because I do want to full time use it. It's not just a soft maybe. Um, it's just one option now. Um, you sent because... an email to 150 people. Wow. I work with, I do onboarding, like, yeah. so like, and I've Pretty been there for everybody. so long. Um, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people. So I whittle it down to like the 150 people that I work with most frequently. Um, <laughs> or wow. been like supported me on my journey, like managers from three roles past that like are not my boss anymore, but they like were my first boss mm. uh, and the second boss and the third boss. Um, but like, it, it is definitely one of those things where like, I, I know a lot of people, I feel supported. I don't feel comfortable. I know people who work in smaller companies that have sent the email to literally everybody in the company. And I was like, this would be so deeply uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> it's like what level, like some people just switch their pronouns in their email. They don't send an email, but I was like, I, I wanna take an active moment because I know that means that I will have 150 advocates on my side. Wow. when I'm working with 400 people, yeah. I'm just like, okay. 
baby steps. One fifty. Yeah, exactly. One fifty was, the was the baby all step. to that thread. What was that? Well, it was. I did a blind state because because I was like, I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna forget people. I'm gonna forget people. Um, which meant also though that when people responded, it was like sixty personal responses one by one that I was just like so deeply touched. What did they say? Um, yeah, it was it was like a lot of people. Like there was a few people that were like, you know, this is gonna be hard for me. Um, but I'm all of them were like, it might be hard, but of course I'm gonna do you know my best and just you know sharing, you know, any quick tips that I had from my own experience of just trying to you know, be better about using um, the correct pronouns for my friends. Like, I was just like, okay, yes. Yes, they sounds like a plural, but imagine you just don't know the gender of somebody. Imagine someone says, my cousin's going to pick you up from the airport because my car is doing whatever. Um, when they get there, you'll, this is what the car looks like, and you don't know their gender. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to say they're coming, you know, in about an hour. They'll be here soon. Um, their car is blue. I've never met them before. And all of that just comes so naturally. Okay. Suddenly, it's not a problem with plurals. You just didn't know. So, like, why is it so hard when you know the person? Mm. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, yeah, that's interesting. And, and I'm really curious about then, you said the introducing of yourself, right, to other people. So what is that like? Like, I'm, in, my, in my example, when we first met, I was kind of, you know, they, 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 <laughs> they headed me off of the past and said, Valerie, here's, here you go. You're going to meet Lindsay, and you want to make sure that you put your pronouns, right? So I was given the heads up. But when somebody interacts with you, let's say in some other random place, or you meet someone the first time, what is that conversation like? Or what would you like it to be? Oh my goodness. So it's so different now. Like when I, so in the workplace, and I love that we're all online now because anywhere I can, I change my username to include they, them in it. So you just see it when we're talking online. Um, I was very cranky. I was using a different program at one point and it doesn't let you change your profile name to include your pronouns. And I was like, ah, no, now they have to actually just remember it. Whereas if it's written on the screen, um, there you go. I don't have to say anything. It's there. Yeah. Um, so if it's brand new people, I am trying to get into the practice of being like, my name is Lindsay. I use the pronouns they, them moving on. Um, but it is not a muscle memory thing as of yet. Um, it's still a bit new to me. When I was in settings that were um, more queer settings, like, you know, going to a convention or going to like an event, going to pride, um, all of those time periods, it's like, oh yeah, I go by they, them, or like, oh yeah, I use everything under the rainbow. Here's my six other um, pins of my identity that has grown over time, uh, starting with sexuality and working my way down to gender. Um, it's just like, this is all me because when you're in that kind of setting, um, everybody's talking about it because you're finally in a space where you can all talk about it with each other. Um, when I'm in a space where it's not like a business setting, especially, I feel like I'm taking space when I say these things. I feel like I am actively having to claim the space to say this because it feels like for a long time, it was just, we just don't talk about it. And I'm trying to rewire my brain to be like, well, I'm going to talk about it so that the next person doesn't feel that way. Because if I say it, you'll feel more comfortable saying it. Like I want, especially because I have so many like new people, new hires, I want everybody to have that first experience of be yourself and like, don't be scared. Like, yes, you, there's going to be plenty of people who this is their first time. Like I've met a number of people. They're just like, I've never even heard this before, but I know you now. And it's like, cool, awesome, great. Let's pass it along, pay it forward. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, what do you call it? Zoom out a little bit here in the yeah. conversation because I think that brings up the question about some other terms, like you mentioned, like the five pins or whatever. <laughs> and so, okay, so walk us through a little bit. You mentioned in your terminology would be uh, queer, no, gender queer, gender queer, yeah. But then I also think about transgender, and you said. Definitive, definitively, no, you're not transgender, right? So well, so I'm not transgender, like trans mask, like I wouldn't transition to becoming male. But okay. very recently, um, it has been brought to my attention that non-binary is considered, I don't know if by everybody or by some, like part of the transgender identity. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's very new. Um, I didn't think that this was a community that I would say like, yes, I, I, like, I thought I was an ally, not part of the community, but there are other people that I know now that are like, oh no, we're part of the trans community. And I'm like, 
can I say that? Like, I'm not stepping on someone's toes by saying that. Like, I don't know. So that's super new to me. Um, like, I would definitely say genderqueer, though, is within the bucket of non-binary, which is pretty much I am not, um, I'm not male, I'm not female. Um, and that's kind of like, I guess, oh, there's a lot of definitions. There's a lot of definitions. They don't always resonate with me, but they're like the technical definition. So like you can do all your research and then it's still, I feel like I saw the technical definition for gender fluid once and it, and it was a static definition. It was like, this means this. And I was like, so for me, when I used to use the word gender fluid, it was because I couldn't pin down where my gender was that day, year, week. Yeah. Um, so for you to define it defeats the point of the word fluid. <laughs> there's the problem. There's the crux. No solids, no gases. Yeah, like there's no static state. There's no solid state. It's fluid. It's just going. It's just going. So how can we put a, how can we just put a pin on that? It would be easier for some people if you could just have a clear definition. Sometimes I think it'd be easier for me. And then I'm like, no, but that just doesn't, no, it's weird. It doesn't fit. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I have another term here. I think you mentioned this one. Um, cisgender. What does cisgender mean? Um, okay. And again, I, uh, if I, if anyone is out there listening and they're like, oh, you butchered that, I apologize because I, this is one of those fun things. Like I am somebody who teaches in my day-to-day -day life, but for myself, for like my vocabulary about my identity, I haven't done the research. I've just lived it. So like I've done light research, but like I'm always just like, oh man, in order to talk about myself, I have to become more learned so that I can be an advocate for other people and use all the right terms. And then like I, I've had that thought recently and I'm also just like, but I also just want to be me. So if I get it wrong, um, then it's because I'm slightly mixing things up. But from my understanding, cisgender um, would just be you are, you identify as the gender you were born. Like, um, you know, if you were female at birth, you identify as female. If you were male at birth, you identify as male. And it never um, transitions to, I was assigned female at birth, but I'm actually a man. Or I was assigned male at birth, but I'm non-binary and that just doesn't fit me. Like, so pretty much cis is like, they said I was this gender and yes, I am. Wow, okay. I have not done the research either. Like yeah. I said, this is just a conversation. And exactly, yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to pop up that disclaimer over and over. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Um, you mentioned, you didn't mention it today, but when we had our conversation leading up to this, you talked about sexuality, right? Yes. And then kind of the, the spectrum, if you will, demisexual, asexual, those are the terms that I wrote down. I don't know if there's something else, but it seems like there's this also fluidity for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the fluidity one, but and the, the gradient, I think. Yeah, I think I, when it comes to the gradient, I got that from the asexual spectrum actually. And I apply it to my gender spectrum as well. Um, because I, I, the word gradient, there we go. Like the first thing you think of is like a color sequence. Yeah. Um, if you ever use like, I don't know, Photoshop and you're putting a gradient over something, it's like you start with black in the top corner, white in the bottom corner, and it's shades of gray all the way in between. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, sexuality, that journey was so much easier for me to figure out. I don't know why, but I think it's just because people are all up in your business about it from a very young age, which is deeply uncomfortable. Like, the minute you're 12 years old and you have a crush on a friend and they're female and people see you as female, people will talk about it. Um, so you have to tackle sexuality first sometimes if the problem is you have a super duper crush on your bestie. Um, and so I, from a young age, thought I was bisexual. Then was told at that time period, um, I hope to goodness as time goes on that more and more people will stop doing this, that bisexuality didn't exist, that you had to be gay or straight. There was no bisexuality, which is crazy because why would the word exist if it doesn't exist? <laughs> um, and also like for all the generations that came before me that identify as bisexual, like David Bowie and um, oh my goodness, just like people saying that they like, yeah, male, female or other even like 
it has always existed. You can't just say it has to be one or the other. But people told me that enough that I was like, do I only like boys? Because from childhood, all of the representation told me I had to like boys. Or do I genuinely like boys? Like, is it just me holding on to being told, oh, boys and girls, princes and princesses get married, da, 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 da. Because I clearly know that I like girls because like, this is very obvious to me, but I, I've never analyzed like, why do I think I have feelings towards boys? And the, and the truth was I had feelings towards boys. I had feeling towards any gender. Um, but what I didn't realize until college is I started to really like go deeper into it. It was just like coming into the acceptance that for me, I didn't experience attraction the same way other people did. Um, so by the time I was 18, I remember like being vehement. I was just like, you will not tell me bisexuality doesn't exist. And then someone came up and was like, the word is pansexual if you like all genders. I'm like, I will not let go of bisexuality. I will let you will pry it from my cold dead hands because it took me from like age, I don't know, 10 through 12 and then up through 18 to just fight people on this word. So you can't have this word back. Also the color scheme is way better um, for all of the on things or the whatever, the flags. Um, it's wonderful. So, and then pansexuality is a term which pretty much it's just like, oh, but the Greek root pan means all. So all genders. And it's like, yes, they're both true. Bi, you can say it means two, but for me, it just means like the first thing that somebody told me I was supposed to like, and then everybody else, yeah. like any genders are welcome. Um, and I just, I fought too hard for this word. I'm not going to let it go. Um, so there's that beautiful rant. That was my first rant. Um, my biggest rant in college. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you, you mentioned, right. You fight. It's, it's hard to let go of something that you fought for. Yeah. Right? And, and it sounds like that's something that you really connected with and, why would you want to let it go? Especially if it's, you know, the, this, this journey that you've taken and identifying what's really inside and what's outside, yeah. right? what belongs inside, what belongs outside. Yeah. I, and I, I would like, I was really lucky. My mother understood, but I had friends whose parents said to them, no, you can't be bisexual. It doesn't exist. I just like, even into the college years, I just remember feeling so hurt for them because I had somebody validate me. Like I learned to validate myself, but I also had someone so important to me like be like, no, I, I see you. And then like to see these other people who were not being seen by the people they loved, it made me just want to fight even harder. Just like, no, like you are who you are and you do not let the people you love, who love you, tell you that what you feel or experience doesn't exist because it does, it is real. So it was just like, it's just like the soapbox that I stand on. Lindsay, at the, at the, the risk of this question sounding really basic <laughs> or, or however it lands for you. I'm just, I'm genuinely curious how the quality of life that you have now, because there's so many things that you've shared so far, just in this aspect yeah. of your life, really just this aspect and this just aspect, it's, it's mm -hmm. so all encompassing. Is the, what's the experience of life, of living like for you? Yeah, so all of these decisions and all of these choices and all these conversations that you're having to take on around your life. So I would say like, I very much feel fortunate to have super supportive parents to have been involved so deeply in theater, um, which like was a community that as I got older, like it just had a little bit more of a welcoming environment for a lot of queer things. Um, when I graduated from college, I stopped theater, I stopped film, I stopped a bunch of my creative outlets and I felt like I was back in a box again. Because for you know my high school experience, I felt very isolated, I felt very alone. I felt like I couldn't talk about things to, with my friends at school too much. I like made friends that were like over AOL because they understood these things about me. Um, and then I got to college and we talked about identity and it opened this beautiful spectrum. It was a lot more welcoming. I exited college. I went back into this gray space of just not being seen and not being myself. Mm -hmm. um, and a big thing that has always been a problem for me is also like, how does this impact my relationships with others, especially romantic relationships? Um, because it wasn't something that I had a huge drive for. But also, like, I think the most recent thing that 
was causing me problems in the past 10 years was coming to terms with like where I am on like, okay, like who I am as a gender, who I might like. The demisexual thing is like, it's on the ace spectrum of just like sex is not necessary. Um, like, and that actually for the past, pretty much since sexuality, like the idea of people having physical interactions became something that was okay. Like, oh, you're old enough now. People will start kissing. People will start whatever. Um, that was always a problem for me because I had a lot of, I don't want this. Like, I want to hold hands. I want to like maybe like have a relationship with somebody, but like, it was almost like, I'd rather them just be like my roommates. Like I'd rather like just I think my ideal future is living like the golden girls with three other people that I love very dearly. And then like, we just like, we have a cat, maybe, I don't know, maybe some of them have kids we can hang out, but like, we just like, you know, we have copies, we do a writing group. I don't know. Like that's, <laughs> that's my dream state. That's the end goal. It is not like marriage and one person and we have children together and we have physical activities together. And I just keep saying physical activities because I'm just like, sex is so weird. People are so hung up on it. And I definitely felt that in high school, in college, especially of like, it was like this expectation that you weren't healthy if you didn't want it. Mm. And realizing like, no, no, like you can still have a relationship on different terms. And it wasn't until like January, maybe December of last year into January of this year that like, I kept being like, I hadn't dated for 10 years. And I, I was like, is it because you're not ready is it because the last relationship was so intense. Um, and then I came to realize that it was because the way I view relationships is different. What I want from a relationship is different. And so if I put myself out there, I don't want to compromise again that I'm going to put myself in situations where like, it's, it's not consensual. It's not like, I don't want it at my core. I don't want this. And I agree to do things anyway, just because it's supporting my partner. I'm like, I don't want to live that life anymore. I want to be very clear on what my boundaries are up front. And if a person is not interested in that, then we're not, we're not compatible and that's fine. Um, and then like, just like all of those expectations, it pretty much took me until now, like to just be like, these are my boundaries and I can respect my boundaries because there is nothing wrong with me. I'm not broken because of this. There's nothing wrong with me. It's not because of all of those people that harassed me in the past. It's not because of my experiences of people taking advantage or pushing when I wanted to say no. I just want to say no. And it's, you know, not based on baggage. It's just who I am. And so it definitely, my quality of life is as of 2020, I started the year by saying, I am ready to seize the day. This is going to be the best year yet. I am so excited to be myself. I'm going to pursue my dreams. I'm going to start creating again. I'm going to start connecting with people, but in my own way, in my own terms. And I was looking so forward to that future. Then we went into quarantine in March. <laughs> um, and I'm still like, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff going wrong. But at the same time, I'm still like 2020 is still the year in which I'm having this conversation. And I would have never had this conversation last year. I would have never put my voice into the world. I would have set it into my phone as a voice memo and I would have buried it and maybe shared it with one friends. I wouldn't have been open or honest with any possible person because I was afraid to be myself and I was afraid to share who that self is. And honestly, like in those ways, like not comfortable with who I was because was it valid? And now I'm like, uh, it will be what will be. Like, it's just going to be this way. We'll find out. <laughs> Man, but Lindsay, talk about seizing the day and yeah. nothing else. You know, thank goodness you had a pandemic to be. This pandemic had so much silver lining. It's so messed up. Oh, absolutely. In so many ways. And, you know, so grateful that this was an opportunity that you felt like you could seize for yourself, whether or not you share this, like you said, with your family. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different story. Not yet. Oh, my God. Yeah, it'll be like a year from now. I send the link over. I'm like, oh, by the way. <laughs> And actually, there's something I, I did some improv classes online recently with an organization called Stomping Ground, and they're offering free classes for caregivers of people who have Alzheimer's and dementia. Oh. Part of it is just to have that spontaneous, fluid, deta not detached, but non-attached 
conversations and just be able to dance in conversation with people. So I'll send you the link for that and I'll post awesome. it in, in the link for this show as well, just yeah. because I think it's a great opportunity since you brought that up. Uh, but thank you so much. I, you know, I can't, and it's not for me to imagine or, or, or need to really understand to the point you mentioned about your father, but I, I find that this was another opportunity for me to add a voice to the space of coming alive and, and the process that you're in and the intricacies and the, the confusion and yeah. the joy and the, you know, all the things, whether you want to be the raptor or the house cat, all those things. <laughs> I love it that like we circle back to that. Like this is, this that, is the note that I'm deeply pleased. I should call this episode the, the raptor or the house cat. People have be like, what on earth is this about? Yes. Like, I haven't gotten there yet and I'm not sure. <laughs> But I, I just so appreciate you being in a space where you're able to share and, and open this up. And I, I think I would imagine that th those who are listening and watching, if they're not going through something in any yeah. way, shape or form, doesn't even have to be related to gender, I think. It could be in profession, it might be in culture, it might be race, ethnicity. I mean, there's so many areas of life that we do have labels and tend yeah. to have expectations attached to those labels. And I think you just demonstrated and models for us the types of questions, the types of action, the types of conversation that we could all engage in to nothing else, start to peel back those things that don't belong to us anymore yeah. and start to embrace the things that do. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty much life is confusing. There's no set, like one thing I find. And if it's just a whole bunch of like strange, changing, constant things, as long as you're happy with who you are or you are who you are, like, mm -hmm. that's the best you can do. Like, and it will change. Yeah. It will change. Absolutely. Hopefully, right? We're so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> We're so lucky if we continue to evolve along with the world that we live in. Thank you so much for being a guest. Any last words before we sign off? No, just thank you so much for having me. This was very awesome. I'm so glad that in the silver lining that is this crazy year that I had the opportunity to pretty much like meet you. It's all of these, these things that have happened, all of the, you know, things that drove us into our homes has crazy enough managed to have me reach out and connect with people that I would have never gotten to meet. And I'm just super grateful. That's huge. And you know, just something that I'm present to now that you've said that, is that we never know who and how we're here to serve. We really don't. And, and not to take for granted that any conversation, no matter how small it might seem or the action that we take, that no matter how insignificant it might appear, could have such a impactful you know, ripple onto other people. So I feel like this conversation has done that. Certainly it has for me, and I imagine anyone who listens and watches will have something to walk away with that they'll now have an opportunity to, if, if not for themselves process, but for the people around them to just be able to be even more free in conversation. So again, thank you so much. Lindsay, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Time to Come Alive. Don't forget to subscribe at www.timetocomealive.com or you can find us on YouTube and subscribe there. Looking forward to seeing you at the next episode, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of the day.